Welcome to It's All Relatives Read Aloud Book Club. I'm Carol Matthews McCauley. And I'm Laura Matthews. Two generations. We are two <laughs> generations discussing a book we both love about yet another generation of the 1950s. The book is Double Date by Rosamund Dujardin, the first of four in the Penny and Pam series. In alternating yeah. episodes, we're recording, reading a chapter out loud, and then discussing it. Cool. So welcome to chapter 11, where this one's called The Sleigh Ride, um, where we last left off. Uh, Penny and Pam had just had a, a, a relaxed evening at home with Mike and Randy, and Penny had mused about, you know, her feelings about Mike. But then Celia gave them the big news that she got a huge contract or possibly a huge contract to work for Randy's rich mom redecorating their house. Um, so things are looking good for the, the business. Um, okay, so chapter 11, the sleigh ride. I love sleigh rides. We'll talk about sleigh rides. <laughs> December was a magic month filled with rush and bustle. Penny had never been happier and Pam was caught up in her customary gay whirl of activity Boys calling up and dropping in, wonderful dates shaping up, fun and excitement. Penny had her share of things to do too. And if they were less spectacular than Pam's activities, they were nonetheless satisfying to her and thoroughly absorbing. Howard House swarmed with customers, necessitating Dorothea Cranes working there every day. Already Celia was knee deep in the preliminaries of doing over the downstairs rooms in the Kirkpatrick's home. The actual work wouldn't be started until after the first of the year, but a great deal of planning was necessary, which entailed frequent conferences between Ellen Kirkpatrick and Celia. Sometimes these were held at the Kirkpatrick's, sometimes at Howard House. Randy's mom was enthusiastic over Celia's ideas. The two women became very friendly during their endless discussions of color and fabrics and all the other angles that entered into a large-scale decorating job. During her visits at the Kirkpatrick's, Celia also met Randy's father, Dolph Kirkpatrick. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Dolph and Ellen's brother, Paul Girard, who was staying with them for a while. Neither Pam nor Penny gave too much thought to mother's job with the Kirkpatrick's other than to be glad she got it and happy for her because it was working out so well. They were both busy with their own affairs. The rush of schoolwork immediately prior to the Christmas vacation period filled the greater part of their days. Evenings, there were countless things to do, skating on the frozen lake, school club activities, movies, and dancing parties. The Headlines Club sponsored a sleigh ride for its members one Wednesday night with food and square dancing afterward in the school gym. Penny and Maggie Wright and Bob and Mike gravitated toward each other to form a casual sort of foursome. The night was cold, but clear and starry. Everyone was bundled to the eyebrows and scarcely felt the nip of the wind as they all snuggled down companionably into the roomy, straw-filled sleigh. Up ahead, the broad-beamed horses swung along rhythmically to the jingle of their sleigh bells. The crowd sang all the old songs and a lot of new ones, their voices ringing through the night, their breath puffing out in clouds along with the music. Feeling Mike's shoulder firm against hers as the sleigh lurched around a corner, 
We used to call those opportunity corners. I don't know if you did. Penny knew a wonderful kind of elation that grew out of being young and full of bright, improbable dreams and capable of enjoying each new experience keenly and to the fullest extent. She sighed, wow. a very small sigh amazing. of sheer pleasure. <laughs> this is amazing. She, she sighed, a very small sigh of sheer pleasure. Cold, Mike asked. Penny was going to say no, but she changed it to not very as Mike's arm went around her. It didn't mean a thing, Penny reminded herself sternly as her heart leaped. Oh, wow. He was just holding her against him to keep her warm. He'd have done the same for Maggie or any other girl he happened to be sitting next to. Penny didn't suppose there was a boy in the whole sleigh who didn't have his arm around someone. It was practically unanimous. Sleigh rides. Sleigh rides were so wonderful. She sat there close to Mike, feeling warmth creep through her while talk and laughter and corny jokes eddied about them. The voices made a sort of sweet music in Penny's ears, combined with the jingling bells and the crunch of snow under the sleigh's runners and the horse's hooves. Mike's rather good baritone rang out, starting the singing up again. Penny sang too, along with the others, although she had only a vague idea of what she was singing. She scarcely moved there beside Mike, feeling the pressure of his arm about her and wishing the ride could last forever. It didn't, of course, but back at Glen High, there were gaily decorated tables in the gym, stacked with sandwiches and donuts and quantities of hot punch. The crowd gathered around them hungrily, and the food melted away. Then there was square dancing, with Mr. Norton, the athletic director, doing the calling. Mr. Norton did not look like his staid school day self at all. He had on a violently plaid shirt and a red neck scarf. Even his voice sounded different, raucously gay and devil-may-care, shouting out to wing your partner and do do Penny danced with Mike and Bob and a boy named Clark from her physics class, then Mike again. She wasn't terrifically in demand, but she wasn't a wallflower either. The realization like, filled... Hmm? This is like how I used to write stuff in my diary. Mike and Bob <laughs> and some guy named Clark and then Mike again. <laughs> He danced with me twice. Don't see dough. The realization filled her with a new confidence. A happy medium, that's me, Penny thought, as she danced the next number with Maggie. But there are always more girls than boys at an affair like this, so I'm doing okay. Penny had never had as much fun at a dance as she did that night at the headlines party. She tried to analyze her pleasure and realized that she wasn't worrying about her popularity the way she used to. She wasn't scanning each boy's face anxiously with a desperate hope burning within her that he might be going to ask her to dance. She was infinitely more relaxed and easy than she had ever been at a party before. The crowd about her were friends. She liked them and they liked her. What was there to worry about and get into a dither over? The next one's a Virginia reel, Bob Purcell's dry voice said in her ear. I reel like nobody's business. How about it, Penny? She nodded, smiling. Okay, Bob. Moving through the intricacies of the dance with Bob's hand tight on hers and Mr. Norton's brisk voice calling, bow to your partner and promenade all. Penny thought, quite a whirl I'm having in more ways than one. And her smile was so vivid and her eyes so bright that Mike Bradley, 
looking down into her face as the dance whirled them momentarily together, was startled by her complete resemblance to Pam. Just then, it would have been quite impossible, even for anyone who knew them as well as he did, to tell them apart. Interesting. Yes. We'll discuss this later. Yes, we'll discuss the sudden POV shift. Yes. <laughs> That's what I want to discuss. <laughs> Pam, who had had a date with Randy that night, got in just a few minutes after Penny did. Penny hadn't made a move yet to get undressed. She was sitting on the edge of her bed, her feet thrust out before her, a little reminiscent smile curving her mouth. She said, Pam, it was the most absolutely terrific evening. I can't remember having had so much fun. Well, good, baby, Pam said agreeably. The sleigh ride and square dance doesn't exactly send me, but everybody to his own notion. She went on then before Penny could answer. Randy and I had fun too. After the movies, he took me out to the country club for something to eat. I just love it there. Listening with less than half an ear as Pam proceeded to describe her evening at length and in detail, Penny thought, I don't care how gorgeous the country club is or how swanky the crowd. I'd rather spend my evening exactly as I did. No. The The memory of Mike's arm firm and hard around her in the sleigh and of the way he had laughed down at her while they were dancing made a warm glow in Penny's heart. Tonight, he hadn't seemed to mind that she wasn't Pam. In fact, he'd scarcely seemed to notice. And he had brought her home, despite the fact that Bob Purcell wouldn't have had to go a step out of his way to do so. If this realization had occurred to Mike, he hadn't mentioned it. Neither, thank goodness, had Bob, who had seemed to be enjoying himself thoroughly in his own sardonic way in Maggie's company. Hey, Pam squeezed Penny's shoulder, snapping her back to the present. I don't believe you heard a word I said. I did too, Penny assured her. You went to the movies and afterwards Randy took you to the country club. And what else? Pam demanded. What? else penny repeated was there more i knew you weren't listening there was a trace of exasperation in pam's manner penny this could be serious pay attention now and stop daydreaming i've been telling you randy's parents were at the club and his uncle pam's voice underlined the last words portentously at penny's blank look she reminded you've heard mother mention his uncle paul gerard Penny nodded, still mystified, and Pam went on, lowering her voice confidentially. Mother didn't tell us he was absolutely one of the most attractive men you ever saw. Older men, that is. He's sort of a combination Ronald Coleman and Gregory Peck, with maybe just a dash of Clark Gable. Very suave and sort of debonair. And you know (laughs) what he is? A foreign news correspondent. Only he's taking a leave of absence because of being sort of worn down by all his harrowing experiences. And all mother told us was that he was a newspaper man. Can you imagine? Well, but isn't he a newspaper man? Penny asked doubtfully. I don't see you will, Pam went on grimly, if you'll just wait till I finish. The (laughs) thing is, Penny, he kept asking me questions about mother. He pumped me absolutely dry. I mean, there was no detail too small to interest him vitally. I think, she added ominously, he's falling in love with her. But... Penny objected faintly. Mother hasn't said much about him at all. She has, and she hasn't, Pam insisted. She's really mentioned him quite a lot, along with Randy's parents. I mean, she hasn't exactly singled him out to talk about, but in a way, 
I guess that isn't so good. It isn't? Penny asked doubtfully. There was a strange heaviness in her chest at the thought of mother actually getting interested in a man, even Randy's attractive bachelor uncle. How do you mean, Pam? Well, Pam elaborated, if she really is as intrigued with him as he seems to be with her, she just might feel she'd rather we didn't know about it yet. Maybe she wants to wait till he asks her to marry him before she confides in us. Penny supposed it could be like that. On the other hand, she objected, but Pam, if she's not especially interested in him, that's the way she'd act too. I mean, maybe her not talking about him simply means he's not important to her. I hope you're right, Pam said with a little sigh, but I don't think so. I have a feeling she broke off to lay one hand dramatically over her heart. Here, honestly, the way he wanted to hear every little detail about mother, and he's so perfectly fascinating. It's easy enough for you to be philosophical about the situation, but you haven't seen him yet, and I have. Actually, I don't see how any woman could resist him. Even mother, Pam asked anxiously, you know, we've got pretty worried about that man she worked with in the city. Hmm. Pam sniffed. Why, he was fat and beginning to get bald, too. Mother wouldn't even be tempted by the thought of marrying him. Marrying, Pam, Penny repeated. Marrying, Penny repeated, staring at Pam. Aren't you rushing things a little? Well, it's a possibility, Pam pointed out. There's no use burying our heads in the sand. No, but... Penny began when the door of their bedroom swung open and mother stood there in the threshold in her coral flannel robe, her hair, her hair tousled and her eyes sleepy looking. What are you two talking about? She asked her voice low so as not to disturb Gran. She added then with a little smile, it's pretty late for such a long drawn out conversation. We didn't mean to wake you, Pam told her while Penny felt warm. We didn't mean to wake you, Pam told her while Penny felt warm, embarrassed color creep across her face. We were just talking about our dates, stuff like that. Did you both have fun? Mother asked, struggling with a yawn. Oh, yes, Penny told her. I had a wonderful time. Mike brought me home. He did? There was a faint note of surprise in Pam's tone and the lift of her eyebrows. You didn't tell me that. You didn't give me a chance, Penny grinned at her. You were so intent on telling me about your evening with Randy and about seeing his folks at the country club and all. Pam's gray glance rested on mother's face as she added, I met his uncle too, the one you mentioned. Oh yes, mother nodded, smiling. Paul. First names already, Pam's <laughs> glance said plainly to Penny. Lordy. Aloud, she said, he's so attractive. Why didn't you tell us he was simply out of this world? Mother chuckled, then yawned again. I should have thought at your age, you'd have found him one foot in the gravish. He's well over 40. <laughs> so are a lot of perfectly fascinating men, Pam argued. Mother stared at her. Don't tell me, darling, that you've developed a crush on a man old enough to be your father. Paul Gerard's a charming person, but his nephew is much more suitable for you. Pam said with dignity, I haven't any crush on anybody. I simply pointed out that Randy's uncle is very attractive and that I didn't see why you never thought to tell us so. Oh, mother said, is that what you meant? Then I must apologize for the oversight. The truth is I've had so many other details on my mind when I met the Kirkpatricks. Maybe I haven't paid much attention to Paul. 
He seemed quite interested in you, Pam said pointedly. Mother patted her shoulder, smiling. I hope you gave me a good reference, dear. Now you two simply have to quit talking and go to sleep. It's late. Quite a while after they had got into bed, Pam spoke to Penny in the dark. I wonder, she said thoughtfully, how it would be to have a stepfather. Penny objected sleepily. Mother didn't sound a bit like she was falling in love. I don't see why you're so worried. You didn't see Paul Gerard, Pam said. Anyway, Penny spoke firmly. Mother's a grown-up woman. She has a perfect right to remarry if she wants to. I suppose so, Pam said after a long, considering moment. Just the same. I'm glad he'll be leaving Glenhurst in a month or so. Middle-aged romances usually take longer than that to get anywhere, I imagine. <laughs> Penny thought wryly, sometimes young ones do too. But it seemed to her that some progress had been made tonight. Aw. Dun-dun-dun. Mm -hmm. Next up is going to be Penny plans a party. Oh, my God. I hope it's not all peas. Clearly, peas are a problem for me. Penny plans a party. <laughs> So come back for the next episode where we talk about this riveting sleigh ride chapter. 